Welcome to the State of Energy. I'm Randy Witt, along with Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. Tom, how are you? I'm doing well, Rand. How about yourself? I'm feeling right, Tom. I'm feeling right. We've got a great guest with us today. Uh, and before we bring our guest in, I want to let our uh, listeners know that we have yet another podcast sponsor that's jumped into the State of Energy, and we'd like to welcome Legacy Energy Consulting and our friend Chad Pendle. I've known Chad for a long time. Chad's been in the propane industry for many, many years. He was one of the acquisitions uh, leader of one of the largest propane companies in the U.S. And if you're thinking about selling your propane business, the way I think about it is like this. If I'm going to go bear hunting, like I'm going to hire a bear hunting guide, right? I'm not just going to go out. You're not going to hire a bird watcher. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to go out by myself to hunt bear. I'm going to hire somebody. <laughs> and if you're going to if you're going to sell your propane company, make sure you hire the right guide to lead you through this and and you're going to come out with the biggest bear for the least amount of money. So, there you go. Yeah, you know, Chad's been doing this for 30 years. So he's got a lot of experience in the propane industry. So again, you'll have an expert on your side making sure your sale is proper. And uh, you can find out more by going to Legacy Energy Consulting. Just search that Legacy Energy Consulting. And our friend Chad's over there. Uh, you can e- even email Chad, chad at legacyenergyconsulting.com. Uh, but if you're looking for an expert to help sell your business, Chad's the way to go over Legacy Energy Consulting. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. And Tom, let's bring in our guest, Steve Kaminsky, President and CEO of the National Propane Gas Association. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's great to have you because, uh, you know, the propane industry is looking to make life better for all Americans. Um, And it's great to have a leader like you. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to feel unaccomplished in life, listen to this bio of Steve. Uh, Steve served as a CEO of the American Association of Poison Control Centers. Uh, He was representing the country's 55 regional poison control centers. Also uh, served as executive vice president of the American Humane Association, as well as vice president of legal affairs at Discovery Communications. Also an associate with a law firm of Covington and Burling and LLP, and also a judicial clerk to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit in Washington, D.C. Steve also has significant experience in successful advocacy before Congress, federal agencies, and uh, working to scale up state initiatives. He's a Michigan uh, native and has a degree in chemical engineering from John Hopkins University. And just to you know, put a cherry on top, he also has earned his Juris Doctor from Harvard Law School. Wow. Are you running for president? Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even, I, I don't even, are we? It's good. The candidates are, uh, all, all have their flaws this year. <laughs> you know, I think we could probably get you on a write-in ballot and get pretty close, if not win. There you go. Well, thank you for that. It's, uh, you, make, you make it sound much more impressive uh, than it is. Um, uh, as you said, I, I cut my teeth in the chemical engineering and legal world, but uh, I've spent the, the majority of my career uh, as a National Trade Association executive. And uh, I joined the propane industry last October, and it's just been a terrific uh Terrific adventure so far. The people are absolutely fantastic, salt of the earth people, but smart as anything, and really committed to growing the propane industry and making it part of a clean energy solution for not only America, but as you said, worldwide. 
And you know, and uh, the uh, na- the National Propane Gas Association, and all Americans are lucky to have someone with your caliber leading us. Um, and as a CEO, um, just want to know, you know, how do you see our current state of energy in the United States? Uh, and how does the propane movement match up with what we like to call the electrify everything movement? Well, it, it's interesting. So I see the state of energy in the United States as definitely moving in the right direction. And it is expanding. And propane is part of that expansion. Now, some of that expansion is natural, just given population growth and uh, spreading of the population throughout the country to more rural areas than traditionally um, in the last 20 years, at least, uh, the urbanization of the country. So there is more, a lot more energy being used, and you can see that reflected in propane use. Um, just since 2015, uh, the n- amount of uh, propane gallons sold in the United States is up 13.6% between 2015 and 2018. Um, and the uh, percentage of America's uh, gross domestic, domestic product um, is up to about $46 billion a year uh, from propane, so nearly 15% over the last uh, four to five years. So propane is definitely growing, and it's part of that green energy solution. When it comes to electrification of everything, well, that's that's an interesting concept and, and a unique concept. And um, we are not 100% in alignment with it. And we feel that propane can be part of the green energy solution that and that electrification is not as clean as some of uh, the regulators out there make it out to be. So the primary purpose of the National Propane Gas Association is to advocate on behalf of the propane industry in this country. So we do federal advocacy in front of Capitol Hill. We do state advocacy working with partners such as Tom in every state in the country, in state houses and local policymaker jurisdictions. And we do federal agency advocacy in front of everyone from the Department of Energy to Department of Transportation to Department of Homeland Security. And what we're seeing is there is a push lately for electrification of everything in a lot of jurisdictions, especially along the coasts and in some places where um, policy is more liberal. But the thing is, is that I feel that they're missing the boat in a lot of circumstances. And propane, along with our counterparts at natural gas and some other clean energy sources, we haven't done as good of a job as we could in really letting them know how clean propane is compared to electricity. Um, There was just a study released by the Energy uh, Information Administration, that's the US federal government, which actually said, and this was released about two weeks ago, that 60%, of all energy expended in creating electricity is lost in transmission, right? So what happens is in these electrification of everything movements, um, what the folks see is they see Uh, a Tesla or an electric vehicle or any other thing um, that's electric being plugged into a wall. There's no gas, there's no fuel, there's no um, fossil fuel or any other type of fuel powering it. It's just coming, coming out of the wall, right? Well, they're not looking behind the wall. They're not looking behind the plug and all the energy that's expended to make that electricity. Some of it, you could say, is traditionally less clean than propane. For example, um, a large percentage is still generated by coal. 
Um, and then the, the arguments against that would be, well, but a growing percentage is, is coming from wind and solar. And that's true. And that is much cleaner than energy coming from coal or potentially even the natural gas creating electricity. But what's not accounted for is those huge swaths and losses of transmission. So if you look at the country, wind and solar is primarily going to be generated in areas where there's not a lot of population. So that means either the middle of the country where there's uh, a lot more land mass or out in the ocean. Well, the problem with either of those uh, areas is to transmit that energy once it's created to the population dense centers along the, primarily along the coasts is you're losing about 60% of that energy as it's transmitted. And so you have to use more resources to provide the same amount of power. So in general, we're against electrification of everything. That does not mean that propane is against wind or solar. In a lot of areas, we're a wonderful natural complement to wind and solar so that we can be side-by-side uh, -side primary power generation with those resources. Uh, but as I like to say, there's not one perfect solution for uh, the energy of this country. This country needs to be fueled by a variety of sources of energy because depending on what your location is and what your needs are, there are different energy sources that can be more valuable than others. I know that's yeah. long-winded, but uh, that's sort of my overall top-level view on it. We talk about this, the same exact stuff that you just uh, reiterated there. It, that is that is exactly what this show is about. And one of the things that me and Rand have talked about is this uh, documentary that, um, that came out this Michael Moore documentary. I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've seen it, but this uh, have, planet, the planet of the humans, I, you know, it, it's obviously against lots of different uh, fossil fuels and, but it also brings to light some of this electric, this electrification of everything and including wind and solar and just how much uh, emissions those things actually produce and the life cycle uh, so I thought it was a great documentary. Yeah, so. I did too, and and I it could even could have even gone a step further. Now uh, that documentary really dug in deep on wind and solar and things like um, how how the blades are being disposed of in terms of uh, turbine blades and and things of that nature and everything that goes into the production. Um, there's still a lot of question around uh, disposal and whether or not those can be reused. But what it didn't delve as uh, deeply into. Um, I thought it could have gone even further in terms of battery production. That's a one thing that electrification um, uh, proponents really go back to a lot in is, is battery production. You hear about it a lot with electric vehicles, but it's used in a lot of other resources as well. And there was a terrific uh, article that came out a couple of years ago from Amnesty International, which you would, you know is one of the most pro-health, pro people groups out there and they came out and they did a really in-depth research study around what it takes to make batteries um, and it's really hard-hitting and, and, and it, it, it really tears at your heartstrings um, because the majority of the cobalt that is mined for these batteries is coming out of the Congo in Africa it's using child labor um, in what they call you know colloquially artisanal mining. Well, what that means is it's artisanal because it's so small that machines can't get in there. And so they need uh, children as young as seven years old to go in there and do the wow. mining. And the, the conditions are just horrific. And then you have that coupled with the fact, so you have the cobalt from Africa, 
And then the primary source of lithium, which is the other primary element that's needed, is mined in China. And there are a whole host of problems um, with that mining in China. I mean, well, there's, there's one argument to be said about, you know, being pro-American and are these electric vehicles really pro-American when the majority is coming and being refined out of China. Uh, but then there also is a host of humanitarian issues um, that we're only beginning to uncover in China when it comes to mining. And then beyond all of that, mining in by its nature is not always the cleanest. So take out the uh, the human mining. It, once you get to machine mining, you know, there's a lot of waste and um, particulate matter and, and other sorts of pollution that comes from mining. So to say that purchasing an electric vehicle or having battery backup to your electrical systems when the power goes out is the be-all end-all of cleanliness is really not being honest with how it's being, being developed and made. Well, and, and on top of that, you have the security. Uh, energy security is a, is a big concern right now. There's, there's so much crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And I, I, uh, I commend you for taking lead of the NPGA in the middle of a, of a pandemic. I mean, that's, that, that's, uh, that had to have been really hard to take control over, you know, of a company, right? Right in the middle. And then this, this happens to you. It's like a giant slap in the face, but energy security. I mean, just, uh, just this week we saw, what can happen in Beirut. Um, that was, who knows what that, I'm sure the details will come out um, sooner or later, but but a big explosion like that. Yeah, it was fireworks, right? Isn't that what they were trying to say? Fireworks, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's now a storage facility full of ammonia or something, but yeah, we're not sure. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you keep all that at the port? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, if that was a fireworks, man, I, I can't wait to, to top the neighbors off next year because I'm going <laughs> to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my Lebanese friends. Mushroom clouds is the new uh, is the new sparkler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But 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 the energy security, uh, you know, if this if something like that happened, because. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy storage facilities. I mean, we're we're sitting right here in Utah in one of the the largest uh, uh, depleted nuclear storage facilities in the world, right? Just right here. But if something crazy happens, either either a, a natural disaster or an accident, and you're without uh, the electricity or natural gas. I mean, propane has some of the the most uh, energy security uh, of any of these other sources. So that's that's another topic that we really want consumers to understand uh, why propane needs to be a, a fuel of choice when it comes to this clean energy uh, movement. Is is propane is so good for your personal energy security? Absolutely. And we see that in a lot of different areas. So we see that after natural disasters. So yes, for example, hurricanes and tropical storms right now, the East Coast, uh, as of uh, over the course of this week, is getting hammered. And there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of folks without power. Well, they can get power by if, you know, if they were using propane, they wouldn't be knocked off, knocked off the grid. We saw it at the at the outset of, of, of the COVID crisis when um, all these emergency testing centers were being set up outside and outdoors. Well, those are being fueled and heated by propane tanks. Uh, we see it. Uh, one thing that a lot of folks probably don't realize is a large majority of hospitals have propane as the backup. So if the power to get word go down in a large 
hospital system or any hospital system, they would be back up and running in no time because they have backup propane uh, energy. Um, so we really are a secure fuel when it comes to uh, disasters or needs. We're, we're there in the times of crisis. Um, there are a number of nonprofits that are out there that actually, um, in the wake of natural disasters, um, bring propane grills and propane tanks onto the scenes to supply much needed uh, hot and cooked food for people who have been displaced. So there's so many examples of how propane can be, can be used to assist. Um, but that being said, the problem that, that I see and that I argue for when I'm talking to legislators or other policymakers is they acknowledge propane security and they love the fact that we're a resilient fuel and a portable fuel and we can come in in a time of crisis. The problem is, is that unfortunately, we can't operate the infrastructure of the propane system in this country only for emergencies. If a, if a jurisdiction says, we want to force electrification and every new building has to be electric only and but we want propane to be around because if the power goes out we want propane to be there well i mean let's just be honest capitalism at its finest propane can't survive if they're only there in the t in the times of emergency so you know, we, we use that and we say, look, we, we are there in the time of emergency, but please don't knock us out of the day-to-day -day and the bread, to but and bread and butter. Not only is it better for the environment, not only does it give consumers choice, and especially in some areas, a choice that's much more cost-efficient than other t types of energy, especially electricity, but help us keep the infrastructure sound so that when you need us in, a, in the time of emergency, we're there, we're up and running, we can flip the switch immediately to provide that backup generation. You're listening to The State of Energy. I'm Randy Witt along with Tom Clark, Executive Director with Rocky Mountain Propane Association. And Tom, we have yet another sponsor for our podcast, NextGen Payment Solutions, and that's NXGen Payment Solutions. I mean, with the pandemic, uh, people are not using cash, so you need to have your credit card and debit card options dialed in, and NextGen can do that for you. Yeah, I mean, I went to... Uh go grocery shopping with my five gallon bucket of coins and I got, I got <laughs> raided because I had all the pennies. You're like a like being in a casino in 1979 where you had all the buckets of uh, <laughs> nickels. My, my fingers are all dirty and I'm like, I don't got Corona. I just got pennies. It's fine. Realistically though, yeah, everybody, you, everywhere you go, nobody's taking cash. Nobody wants to touch your money. So credit card swiping for everything. These guys here at NextGen is our credit card processing partner for the Rocky Mountain Propane Association. These guys are dedicated to saving you money in today's new cashless world. And uh, you can get a hold of our dedicated team lead, which is Tom Strauss. And you can contact him at tom.strauss. That's spelled S-T-R-A-U-S-S -S, at team nextgen.com these guys are so dedicated to this that they told me that if they contact you and they cannot save you money they're gonna pay me a thousand bucks so i hope <laughs> I, <laughs> I want everybody to call them and be like you can't save me money then then i'll well, you know we're gonna start rolling in some money here but you know, realistically save some money get a hold of these guys and get your cashless system working properly for you. It's NextGen Payment Solutions. And again, that's N-X-Gen, G-E-N, Payment Solutions. And again, the contact, tom.strauss 
at teamnextgen.com, and that's nextgen and xgen.com. Our special guest this week is Steve Kaminsky, president and CEO of the National Propane Gas Association. And you can find out more about what propane can do for you by going to the stateofenergy.com. Tom. Steve, you, you've got a, a huge fight in front of you. I mean, you're you're in Washington, D.C., and, and our main audience is here in the Rockies. And uh, so I mean, you're in the middle, you're the, the belly of the beast, right? So I'm sure you've got, you could tell us all sorts of stories of, of, of about the Washington, D.C. Um, bureaucratic mess there. But we also are seeing um, this this attack on all fossil fuels in these local communities, um, anything from Boise's new mayor to you know Salt Lake City, these these guys are are joining in with um, different special interest groups, and I, I could say one uh, something like the Sierra Club, and for years and years, I mean, we're sitting here in the in the center of the Rockies, going, you know, these guys can do whatever they want on the West Coast, and you know, the California, uh, they they're not going to affect us, but. I'm seeing it every day of all these crazy ideas keep moving east uh, from west and it's it's starting to affect uh, these smaller communities and and there's there's some crazy ideas out there that that are gonna force people uh, to let their legislators choose the winner um, for their energy source for their communities so what what is it that a that a person in a small town or even a larger town can can do to help um, protect their choice of energy Um, what 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 advice could we give the general the general public who's listening right now to help protect their their energy sources uh really have conversations with your policymakers so go to your town hall meetings Go to your the board meetings that are making decisions around energy choice and picking your energy for you and make your voice known. One of the most effective tools that propane has is that we have reached in not only in all 50 states, but really in every community um, in this country, which is a terrific asset for us. Um, and so if you are use a user of propane or any other energy source and your local policymaker, whether it's a county commissioner or a county board or your city council is seeking to take away your energy choice, make your make your voice heard. There's a great example of um, a community in California uh, that one of my colleagues talked about recently where they were trying to ban propane, ban natural gas from their communities. And they went in and they had a couple of different business owners. One owned a greenhouse, one owned um, you know, a, a different commercial or in a small industry. And they went in there and they talked about how valuable propane was to their business. Um, these were small to mid-sized businesses, anywhere from 20 to 100 employees. And they said, look, propane really gives us what we need at the cost we need and we don't want to move to another source because propane is clean and it's cost efficient and it really helps our businesses thrive. So my advice to you is attend those meetings, tell them that you don't want your choice taken away from you. I mean, one of the things that America is founded on is is choice. 
And, you know, we can be, you know, we are founded, we're a capitalist structure. We don't want legislators and policymakers telling us what our choices should be. Now, we understand that um, the government does have a role in protecting the environment, protecting our safety, protecting our health, but propane provides all of those things. And if you need ammunition in terms of what are the statistics um, compared to other types of fuel, well then reach out, you know, go to your, uh, well, in, in Rocky Mountain, you can go to go to Mr. Tom Clark and, and talk to him, but in any community, just reach out, do some research on the web, find your local propane uh, gas association and reach out to their director and ask for materials because we have, we and our counterparts have so many materials that can be used to back up your claims. Um, I want to also talk about, and, and, and that's a great point for consumers, I also want to talk about one thing that we're working on uh, that um, with a number of states in terms of really trying to protect consumer choice. So one of the things, as you mentioned, that we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of states and localities, or a lot of localities, putting in these what we call gas ban laws, right? Any yeah. new buildings, yeah. you can't have anything but electricity, possibly, you know, some other alternative, possibly solar or wind, when they're putting in gas bans. So what we're doing is we're working with the different states and supporting the different states, and we're trying to go over top of that. We're going to state capital houses and putting in what we call ban the bans bills. And it basically goes in over the top, and we're trying to get states to say, okay, well, we're going to put in a law that says the local jurisdictions in our state cannot prohibit energy choice. And you can't ban any one form of energy on a local level. And they're beholden then to the state law. And that's been successful in four different states already in 2020. Arizona became the first state to adopt it into law in February. We've got follow-up with Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Louisiana, all adopting similar legislation into state law. And we have similar bills uh, introduced, I think, right now in six other states, um, none of which I believe are in the jurisdiction of, of the Rocky Mountain Propane Gas Association. Uh, but that is something to consider as these types of policies start creeping into your local jurisdictions and you don't want to have to um, you know, be restricted on your energy choice, is we will work with those state executives and work with those legislators and really try to come in over the top to protect, protect your energy choice. Well, I certainly don't want to be uh, let let my local leaders say that we can only be uh, use electricity. I mean, it ran, ran brought up a, a good article uh, about national security and some of the, the new weapons that are out there. Uh, yeah, it was a Forbes story. Uh, that China has used stolen U.S. technology. I know that's going to shock people that China stole some of our technology. Uh, they developed at least three types of high-tech weapons to attack the electric grid and key technologies that could uh, cause a surprise Pearl Harbor-type attack that could just black out the whole country. And this, this isn't something you read on Facebook. I mean, this is a... F no, this is Forbes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, They've I can, deve I can, developed EMPs. I can dig into that a little more because I actually... Uh, have the pleasure of sitting on a group. It's a joint group that's run by uh, the Department of Homeland Security and other groups. And it is, um, it's called the uh, Cyber Security uh, and Infrastructure Security Agency, which is a part of the Department of Homeland Security. So um, I'm on weekly calls with this group 
I'm on, you know, I receive all the classified information that's coming to certain partners um, to this group and where they identify different threats to the energy infrastructure of the United States. And I can't go into more detail, but let me assure you that is absolutely something that this country is watching. They, the uh, Department of Homeland Security and this uh, sub-agency have dozens of staff looking at these types of issues and these types of threats. And I can tell you that not only is the resiliency of propane really top of the list in case one of these things happens, but that energy diversification portfolio in the United States is absolutely critical to maintain our infrastructure. So like I said, I can't go into specific threats, but nothing you can imagine would surprise you. I think we, you might have the, uh, the FBI listening to you right now. The, yeah, there's the, a chopper landing on the roof right now for some reason. I don't know what that is. I'm the, not the, far from there. About two miles from CIA headquarters. So <laughs> the reality is, this stuff can happen to middle of America. And if you have propane on board at your house, and you've got your own uh, electricity producing generator, and you're heating and cooking with propane, you're gonna you're you are gonna protect your own family's interest, and propane can do that that absolutely absolutely so steve um any chance we might be able to have you run for president of the united states <laughs> i don't think I'm- i mean i know you already got the presidential title with the uh you know national propane gas association but i, I I'd think vote for I, you. I think i'd like to uh i think i'd like to use my talents to, to help the propane industry i think uh, we, i can do just as much just as much good here um we've got a, a really strong team here at the National Propane Gas Association. We have incredible partners um, at the Propane Education and Research Council as well as um, at all of, our, uh, all of our states. And Tom is one of the best and brightest. Um, so you guys should, should feel lucky there in, in, the, in the Rocky Mountain area to, to have Tom with you. But no, it's, uh, it's a terrific group of folks uh, representing this industry and really driving the growth of it forward in these very difficult times given the you know, given the environment of the energy industry. Steve Kaminsky, we're very lucky to have you on our side. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing your wealth of knowledge. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Steve. Steve Kaminsky, president and CEO of the National Propane Gas Association. I'm Randy Witt, along with Tom Clark, executive director with the Rocky Mountain Propane Association. And we're always online at thestateofenergy.com.